Animals, you have come to the right place. I'm Warren Eckstein. This is the Pet Show, America's first and only real pet psychology, pet behavior, pet training, pet lifestyle show. Uh, got a question or comment? We always have time to answer your questions. The phone number here, 877-725-8255. Uh, let me get back to the phones from the last hour. They're jam-packed, but we're going to start out and take you guys in order. Let's go to my friend Adam first. Hey, Adam, welcome to the show. Hey, Warren. Thanks for taking my call. Happy holidays to you. Where are you calling from in California, Adam? I'm in Glendale, the Jewel City. Oh, man, you could have come to the studio. (laughs) (laughs) My friend from Burbank actually recommended you highly, so... You got a smart smart friend there. You got a smart... What can I do for you? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I have two cats. Uh, They're litter mates. They're seven years old. They're indoor cats. And my female, it's a male and female, the female has this aggression towards my male whenever she sees a cat out in the patio. Um, it started a couple of years ago. So uh, I separate them for a couple of days and, uh, you know, let them do their own thing. And then I introduce them back to each other. Then they're fine. Now, recently, the female is attacking my male for no reason at all. Um, and I'm just trying to get some... Uh, yeah, well, here's here's the bottom line. It's what we call, behaviorally, it's what we call referred aggression. It's like two dogs that are best friends, and they see another dog in the front, and they start with each other. It's referred aggression, very, 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 very common. Now, the fact that it's gotten worse, that has me a little bit perplexed. But let me tell you what we need to do. One of the best ways to deal with referred aggression is using what we call distraction therapy. Now, every week here on the show and in the L.A. show as well, what I do is I tell people that you need to understand cats from a different perspective. Cats are nomadic by nature. In their mind, they're always wandering. But the bottom line is it's way too dangerous to keep cats outside now, so you're doing the right thing by keeping them inside. But if you don't keep that mental stimulation inside, that's where this type of aggressive situation really takes place. A couple of things you need to do. Number one, I'm assuming from just listening to you for five minutes that you're an eccentric cat guy so i'm sure you have scratching posts in the house and and all kinds of toys that's nice that's dandy and that's great however it's the same scratching post that was there last week the week before and the same one that's going to be there the week after big deal what i want you to do is create an outdoor environment within your home you don't have to plant an oak tree in the middle of your living room what i want you to do as you're in california hit rouse hit albertson's i want you to get some cardboard boxes Put them together, put one on top of the other, cut a hole, make a duplex, a triplex. Every box you bring from the supermarket smells different. So it encourages the cat to go and explore. And what often happens is now the referred aggression, because cats have scent glands on the bottom of their feet as well. When they see another cat, they may start a little bit of a battle, but then the cat may go over to the area and just start scratching on the cardboard boxes. Which, by the way, if you can get some carpet remnants and put the uh, the, the backside out, will help keep their nails trimmed as well. So cardboard boxes, they're free. You can rotate them every day, put down three today, pick them up tomorrow, put new ones down. Just be real creative with them and put them around where that, that, that they're seeing the other cats outside. Number gotcha. two. Are you saying this is, this is spawned from boredom? No, no, not spawned from boredom. It's just spawned from so much excessive energy. 
and, and, and so much mental stimulation. When I say mental stimulation, it's not boredom. I'm sure the cat's not bored. But when a cat is showing aggressive behavior and trying to correct that aggressive behavior generally makes that behavior worse. So when you're dealing with aggressive behavior in felines, you want to distract and get that behavior focused in a different direction, which will ultimately prevent them from going after or prevent the female from going after the male. So that's what I'm trying to do at this point is use a little bit more distraction and have other things in the house so that when she sees another cat outside or picks up the scent of another cat outside or you walk in with the scent of another cat outside because it's on your feet, then her first reaction is not necessarily going to be to go after her brother, but to go after the cardboard box or the paper bag that just came into the house. You follow where I am? Yeah. Now, are you saying I should do this in one location or separate, spread it out? I, I would, at this point, I would, you can get down to one location, but at this point, I would spread it out. I want your cat to be exposed to the outdoors. I would grow some outdoor, uh, uh, some good plants for them, organic plants that are safe for cats. Um, people okay. don't realize that, that because they're nomadic, when it's not boredom, it's just, the, it's just the, the lack of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Simulation. Uh, there you go. Thank you. Uh, you can have the microphone next week. So and the bottom line is, yes, stimulation is really important. But I want you to understand it's not that she doesn't like the male cat. It's not that she's angry at the male cat. It's that sometimes they just don't have the control not to react when there's another cat involved or with dogs, another dog involved as well. Um, the other thing you may want to try to do, there are ways you may want to try to keep other cats away from the front of your house. Uh, you can get some. Yeah, uh, I paste up the windows with, you know, with uh, blackout stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but you can, you know, here's what you, you know what you can do. You know what you can do? Simple. You can go online, Amazon, whatever you want, and you can get some dried coyote urine. Do you know what that coyote. is? Coyote no. urine. Yeah, dried coyote urine. What dried coyote urine is, they can put the, you put a little bit of the dried coyote urine in front of the windows outside so you don't smell anything, uh -huh. obviously. But because okay. coyotes are predators, what you'll find is that the cats will pick up on the scent of the coyote urine and therefore stay away from the front of your house, actually avoiding part of the problem you're running into. Interesting, huh? And then what's your take on these, uh, like these pheromone things that you plug in? They're great. They're great. I mean, you know, at first I was a little, you know, whatever about them, but now the uh, the pheromones are fine. I mean, is it the cure-all? No. But if you put all the pieces together at the same time, that's where you're going to get the reaction. The cardboard boxes, uh, the gotcha. paper bags, uh, the coyote urine in front of the house, and you'll come home again, okay. and they'll be just best of friends. All right. Cool. Well, I have a few of those things around the house right now. I start with that and then introduce that coyote urine. Yeah, don't tell me you have don't, don't tell me you have coyote urine on your show because I know you don't, Adam. And <laughs> hey, listen, Adam, don't go around. Let me put you on hold. I want you to understand your cat's behavior a lot more. So let's send Adam a copy of how to get your cat to do what you want. And great call, by the way. And Adam, you're in Glendale. That's where the studio is on my LA show. Go listen. Come up. Say hello. Whatever. Hey, the phone number here eight seven 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 two five eighty two fifty five. You know, a lot of people don't understand that concept, but it's very very common that two dogs that live in a household or two cats that live in a household that are bosom buddies, best of friends, they love each other, they sleep on top of each other, they eat with each other, they groom each other, but yet when they pick up the scent or visual of another cat, that's where that referred aggression comes into play and, and they kind of become assertive or aggressive towards the closest thing for them. It's instinctive behavior as if they all of a sudden her brother became the cat that she feels challenged by outside hope that helps you out to adam give them both a big hug and a kiss for me hey the phone number here at the pet show 877-725-8255 uh, i'm definitely going to take you guys in order uh but before we do that um 
you know, a lot of people, a lot of people just don't understand the concept of how important a routine is for their dog or their cat. So we're going to talk about setting up that proper routine as well. I also want to hear from some people who have taught their cat who have a cat that uh, that is in fact uh, uh, retrieving or, or fetching as well. The phone number here, 877-725-8255, 877-725-8255. Uh, let me take a break. When we come back, I'm going to go right in order. Uh, Bill, you're going to be up next. Bill has an interesting question. How to tell a cat is an outdoor cat. Uh, Prita has cats that aren't getting along. Uh, Gary has a cat that can play fetch. We'll talk to him. And, and Paul in the great state of Washington has a poodle that's attacking another dog. We'll get to all your questions. The phone number here at the Pet Show, 877-725-8255. And again, Again, if you're not following me on YouTube, it doesn't cost you anything. I don't make anything. It's free, but I love sharing information. So every day, there are new one-minute tips going up on my YouTube channel. There are half-hour tips. There are long tips. There are videos of me when I used to be the creature keeper for the, the Mickey Mouse Club and, and on the Letterman Show. So it's a fun place to be. Check out YouTube.com slash Warren Eckstein. Subscribe. And as I said, you'll get a lot of tips up there every uh, every single day. The phone number here, 877-725-8255. Uh, let me take a quick break, then we'll get back to all of your uh, phone calls. Listen, you love cats, right? You're a cat person, right? Admit it. Admit it. You are owned by your cat. You know that cats call the shots. You know that cats are totally in charge. Cats will tell you when they want to hang out, when they want to sleep, when they want to play, when they want to eat, when they want to socialize, and you better listen. Cats know exactly what they want. Let me tell you what they're asking for. Your cats are asking for kitty lickies. Kitty lickies, by the way, manufactured by Lucy Pet Products are amazing. They're scrumptious. They're lickable moose cat treats and food toppers. Your cats will enjoy kitty lickies either directly from the pouch or you can squeeze it over their dry food as an extra treat. It is absolutely amazing. If you have one of those finicky felines, it will encourage them to eat. Kitty Licky's Lickable Moose Cat Treats come in three feline favorite recipes. There's chicken and duck, sardine and tuna, and salmon and chicken. But don't listen to me alone. Here's a cat guardian and what they have to say about Kitty Licky's. On my last order to Chewy, I, uh, as an afterthought, asked them to put in some kitty lickies. Yeah. And, man, I couldn't squeeze it out fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> she went crazy. This is the chicken and duck. She's crazy for it. That's what I hear all the time. Check out Kitty Lickies and all the other amazing Lucy Pet products at their website, lucypetproducts.com. And when you go there, you can get their dog or cat food, wet or dry, their dog food rolls. You can get the uh, hip-to-be square treats. So many great products there. So go to lucypetproducts.com. Mix and match. Spend just $35 at the website. And shipping will be absolutely free. Don't forget to tell them that Warren sent you. I'm Warren Eckstein. This is The Pet Show. You gotta put down the ducky. 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 Yeah, you gotta leave the duck alone. Come on, you know you're smiling. Turn that radio up. You're not gonna hear this music anywhere else. Hey, we are back on the pet show. I'm Warren Eckstein. That phone number. 877-725-8255. You see, it looks like you're blasting this down Sunset Strip in New York City. Hey, Bill in Arizona, welcome to the Pet Show. Good morning, Lauren. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Bill. How about yourself? What can I do for you? 
Well, I have been living in a van since 1985, for those that listen to Saturday Night Live, sometimes down by a river. Um, and I have, for the entire time, been kind of look, trying to find a cat companion. The problem I run into most of the time is that once they hear live in a van, uh, no, 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 we can't, uh, we can't give you a cat because you're not reliable or whatever silly reason they have. But the bottom line is, is that uh, to a large degree, most of the most of the shelters I've been in uh, don't have their cats running loose. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Cat Air Society in Denver. That's it. That's just a building with cats all over inside. They don't. The only time they lock somebody up in a cage is when they're, they're when they have to be quarantined yeah. or they're injured. Yeah. But uh, but that's the only that's the only shelter I've ever seen where 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 the cats literally have the run of the house literally, uh, and uh, if I were ever going to be in Denver again, which I don't anticipate being anytime soon, then that would be the place to go. But what I'm trying to determine is if there's some kind of characteristic behavior that I can either elicit or watch for when I'm in a shelter to find a cat which is basically an outdoor cat. Because well, here's, here, here's the problem. Here's the problem you're going to run into, okay? And, and I got to look at it from both ends. I have listeners that literally have called me up on my show that had lived in their car or their van for many, many years and have several animals that are well taken care of even though they live in the van. They walk them, they take care of them properly. However, most humane organizations and most rescues are not going to want to adopt a cat or a dog to someone uh, that's not living in a, a home-type environment uh, based on the fact that, that most rescues right now are, are trying to find homes for cats that are going to be living indoors because an indoor cat's lifespan is much, much longer than an outdoor uh, cat. So it is going to be difficult. I'm sure it's going to be difficult for you to find uh, a, a rescue organization that will adopt a cat to you based on the fact uh, that you're living in a van. But I want you to understand that that's not the only place. There are like uh, cat cafes opening all over America where they're basically rescue organizations. You can go there, have a cup of coffee and a cup of tea, and there's 30, 40 cats running loose in their store. And hopefully the idea is that people will find the cat that fall in love with it and adopt that cat as well. It's a tough question, Bill. I don't, I don't know what the right answer is. Uh, I, I don't think you're going to find easily find a rescue or humane group that's going to adopt a, a cat to someone living in their van. And it doesn't mean that I don't think you might be the most incredible cat guardian that's ever existed. You probably are because I can hear how desperate you are to want a cat. Uh, however, you know, maybe you can find, uh, you know, maybe there's a, a, a group that has uh, a cat that you can adopt and you can teach the cat to walk on a leash and a harness so that it would make it a lot easier. But quite honestly, I, I wish I had a better yeah. answer. And, and, yeah. and you sound to me like you deserve to have a cat, but I just don't know of any organization that's going to be adopting uh, to a person that's going to be having their well, cat live I, in a van. I, I have found one. The, the shelter in Flagstaff, Arizona, uh, wouldn't have any problem with that. That's, I've learned that that's the first oh, thing okay. I tell them. And they said, oh, we don't, we don't care about that. Uh, but, that, but if you've ever been in this particular shelter, I don't know what it used to be, but they've set up in such a way that they you have to go through the dog shelter to get to the cat shelter, which I'm sure terrorizes the cats when they bring them sure, in. Sure, and, and they keep the cat and they keep the cats in in cages, individual cages in the in the cat room, and basically it broke my heart while I was in there because 
almost every cat in there was reaching out as far as he could get a paw out of the cage. Yeah, but you have to look at it from their point of view. There are so many there are so many rescue organizations and groups out there that are inundated with tens of thousands of millions of cats that need homes. They have to separate them because the cats are coming in. They don't know which cat may have this illness, which cat doesn't get along with that cat. So when they first come into a shelter like that, very often they really have to be separated, checking for disease and other issues as well. Right. But if the organization's willing to adopt the cat to you, uh, then 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 that's probably the way to go. But just make sure that, yeah. that you understand that if the cat gets out of the van, the chances are he may not come back. That's why I think one of the reasons right. they are, are hesitant to adopt. Well, and, and so consequently, I asked them uh, if they knew anything about any of their animals, and they didn't. They just stick them in a cage and let them sit there until they get adopted uh, because it's a no-kill shelter. And, and I'm just thinking there's got to be some way, if I could figure out what that way is, to identify the, the behavior of a cat that was always an outdoor cat before it became a... Well, you, you, might, you might want to work with organizations that do feral cat rescue because very often they can tell a cat that's been outdoors that's been a spayed neutered and had a, a clip in his ear. I, don't, I wish I had a better answer for you, Bill. I, my heart breaks for you because I know that you would make an incredible cat guardian, but again, I understand the rescues because so many cats that they've adopted out have either been abused or, or gotten away from people that were, were homeless. So I don't know what the right answer is. Anyway, Bill, I got to move on. I want you to call me back and let me know when you do adopt that cat. In the meantime, uh, Bill, if you can give us an address until uh, you get the cat, I'm just going to send you a t-shirt that says none of my friends woke up right. Be right back. I'm Warren Eckstein. You're listening to The Pet Show. Made out of cold, frosty, or snowy. It's a fairy tale, they say. He was made of snow, but the children know how he came to life one day. There must have been some... We are back on the pet show. I'm Warren next time. Um, but just before I get back to the phone lines here, and they're awful, I'm going to try to get to all your calls. Um, cats, you know, playing fetch is part and parcel of a dog's life. But now people are finding out that cats enjoy playing fetch as much. A first of its kind survey of over a thousand cat guardians has thrown up this new information about feline play habits. Not all cats want to play fetch, but if they do, it's likely that they will have their own particular way of doing it. In other words, the bottom line is lots of cats like to play fetch, but they like to do it on their own terms. Hey, Prita in Florida, welcome to the pet show. Well, hi. Been hi. listening here, and uh, it's really interesting information you're giving out there. Uh, our situation is we have two cats. We have an eight-year-old declawed and a four-year-old that we just brought home about a month ago. And they don't really like each other. Uh, the older one hisses and growls and, and just hollers <laughs> when the younger one comes anywhere near the room that, that she's in. They're both females. Yeah, but let me and let me just stop. Let me, Preeta, let me just stop you for a second, okay? Let me just okay. talk for a second about declawing. I am okay. 100% against declawing. I believe right. that declawing should be made illegal unless there's a medical reason, which is rare. You know, it's illegal in England. It's illegal in Germany. It's illegal in many states, illegal in parts of California where I live. Very often when you have a cat 
that's been declawed. Another cat comes into the environment because the cat realizes it doesn't have the defense of its claws. It becomes more assertive and more aggressive vocally. And that's exactly what's okay. going on in your situation. Now, how long has the okay. new cat been there? How long has the new cat been there? A month. Okay. Have you done any sense swapping with the cats at all? Uh, I, I've also got my husband on the line here. So yeah. he, Hi, Warren. On. How you doing? And by, by scent swapping, what I want you to do is if you can take like a, uh, a towel and rub it on uh, the, the declawed cat and let the cat, the new cat live with that and take a, 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 and rub it on the, the, the new cat and let the old cat live with that, that would be fine. Also, what I would okay. recommend that you do is, again, if you heard, heard me earlier when I was talking to the guy about cardboard boxes and being creative and putting right. one on top of the yeah. other, if you can do that in a room and you can have both cats in the same room, what you'll find is that the distraction of these other things may kind of disperse them from going after each other. Not at first, but may after a little while. The other thing I okay. want you to do is cats learn through the associative memory. So every time something happens, they remember. So here's what I want you to do. If every night or a couple of times a day, I don't know what your schedules are like, if you can sit on one side of the couch holding one of the cats and someone can sit on the other side of the couch couch holding the other cat and then maybe later on switch make sure the cats are calm at that point and that's enough end it there they don't have to be on top of each other but every time they see each other if it ends in a positive versus a negative they'll eventually learn to react to each other right now from what you're telling me every time the declawed cat sees the other cat it's hissing and it's going crazy so the the yeah. the, right. the, 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 the 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 what's the word i'm looking for come on what the cat is seeing now is strictly assertive and aggressive behavior, therefore making the other cat uh, the target and, and the declawed cat being the aggressive one. So if you follow that advice, now it's not going to happen overnight, but I promise you, I've had as many as 33 cats at one time. If you follow that practice overnight, little by little, they'll start tolerating each other, and with tolerance, they'll start accepting. I'm assuming there's two litter boxes. If not, you might want to temporarily, temporarily put down three litter boxes. You want to feed each cat instead of feed each cat instead of one dish feed each cat out of two dishes not more food we don't want them chubby just separate the dishes by a couple right. of inches so the food is always there if you put all those pieces together you will probably come home maybe a month maybe two months but you will come home one day and i promise you they'll be sleeping whisker to whisker and i just hope that people take what i'm saying importantly that declawing is just way 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 the wrong thing to do unless there's a medical reason which is very very rare uh, it really changes yeah. personality of cats sometimes as well well, well we're, we're in Florida, and no one here, uh, vet-wise, uh, will do it anyway. And uh, we was thinking about putting some of those kitty caps on our front claws, see if that would help. But you're, that's not the really the root of the problem. No, we want we, we want them to, to learn. We want them to learn that 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 you know. We're trying to make them best friends, and sometimes by being overly assertive, we create more problems than we're trying to resolve. But if little by little they realize that when they see each other, nothing bad's going to happen, we start building up their confidence, building up their self-image, and eventually uh, you will be fine. But it's not going to happen overnight. It may cost you a bottle of wine. You might have to share it with your wife. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> anyway, let me... 
let me do this, Preeta. Let me do this. Let me um, let me put you on hold. Let me send you a copy of how to get your cat to do what you want. And I'll tell you why I'm sending you the copy. One of the most read chapters there is on first pet psychology. And even though they've been together for a couple of months, I want you to read that chapter. In the interim, though, if you go to my uh, website, thepetshow.com, or my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Warren Eckstein, I think there's some videos I put up there specifically on uh, on first pet psychology as well. So until the book gets there, it'll give you a little head start and uh, what you need to do. But I can honestly tell you that little by little they will get along, but the scenario is whenever you have a cat that's been declawed, usually they become more assertive. In some cases, the declawed cat becomes orally assertive and they become biters, so you want to watch for that as well. Hey, the phone number here at the Pet Show, 877-725-8255. Let me take a break. When we come back, we got Gary with a fetching cat. We got Paul in Washington. We got Eric in Maryland and Ashley in beautiful Nashville. We'll get to all your calls right after this. Folks, you hear me talk about my hugs and kisses all the time. Maybe I brag about it. I brag about it because I'm so proud of it. It was over 30 years ago when I first developed hugs and kisses vitamin mineral supplements for my own dogs. And I worked with the top veterinarians in the world. But then a few years ago, I realized, you know what, I can even make it better now. There's been a lot of new things that have happened. So I have made it better. What I did with my Hugs and Kisses Vitamin Mineral Supplement Treats now, one for cats, one for dogs, by the way, is I increased it. I made a lot of... real major improvements. It has both glucosamine and chondroitin. What does that mean? That is so important to make sure that your dog or cat's bones are kept in good shape. It has prebiotics and probiotics, meaning your dog and cat will have the most incredible digestion and the greatest gut health possible. Here's the bottom line. Hugs and kisses, every jar has my name and my photo on the label. I believe in it so much because I see what it does every day for my own dogs and every day I hear about it. Now, it's been around for many years and the first batch after 30 years, people were loving it and they said, Warren, don't change it, don't change it. But when I made those amazing changes, people realized it's even better than before. So I want you to check out Hugs and Kisses, vitamin mineral supplement treats for your dogs or cats. They're available at Amazon.com. Can't forget the name, Hugs and Kisses, Amazon.com. They're available at Walmart.com. If you want, you can go directly to my website, thepetshow.com. You know, I'm one of those people. I don't like always ordering online. I like speaking to someone. Call my office. If we're not there, we'll call you back. You can order from my office directly, too. Write this number down, 1-800-430, and the word hugs, H-U-G-S. That's 1-800-430-HUGS. Check out Hugs and Kisses at Amazon, Walmart, thepetshow.com, or call 1-800-430-HUGS today. And watch as your dogs and cats look and feel better than they've ever looked or felt before. I'm Warren Eckstein. This is The Pet Show. A big cat, small cat, short cats, tall cats, old cats, young cats, many to be found. Nice cats, mean cats, fat cats, lean cats, big-eared, small-eyed, running all around. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock, jingle bell and we are back on the page. Let me get right back to the busy lines here. Let's go to my friend Gary in Florida. Hey, Gary, welcome to the show. Hi, Warren. How you doing today? I'm fine. How are you doing? I could not be better. So I see you have a cat that plays fetch, so I'm not crazy, right, Gary? <laughs> no, no, you're not, you're not crazy. Uh, the, the, the cat's about 10 years old, and she's been doing this for about nine years. She's, did you uh, have to teach her, or did she pick up Did she pick up on her own? Well, I know. I, I, I just would throw the ball occasionally, not not thinking she'd ever bring it back, just kind of get her attention. And one one time she brought it back. 
And then uh, after that, uh, fine. So you, I can. It doesn't matter how far I throw it inside. She'll bring it back, and uh, she'll do that for about three or four times, and then she'll bring it back, drop the ball, cut my feet, and lay down. That's over. That's, That's it. it. I, had a, I had enough of you, Gary. I can only take you for short periods of time, and he walks away. Um, <laughs> you know, it's amazing. It's amazing to me, you know, when I wrote my cat book, How to Get Your Cat to Do What You Want, when I first wrote the book, uh, people thought I was absolutely crazy because I was talking about how smart cats are and, and how cats can be trained. And, and the reason people that think they can't be trained is because cats convince people that they can't be trained, so we leave them alone. But cats are just yep. incredible animals, and they can be taught almost anything. I talked about this before. You know, when I was training David Letterman's two dogs, Bob and Stan, I was telling about this rescued feral cat that I had, Maudie, that I took off the streets, and I taught her how to sit and stay and come, and Letterman said to Warren, Warren, right. you're nuts. Warren, where he said to me a lot of times, Warren, you're crazy, Warren. You're crazy. I said, Dave, <laughs> Dave. And a couple of times, I brought Maudie on the show, on the Letterman show with Dave, and I said, Dave, watch this. And then he said, maybe you're not so crazy, Warren, and maybe, maybe he was right. Yeah, I don't know what it is why people just assume that 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 uh, uh, that dogs are smarter than cats they have their smarts in different ways you know uh, and, and I, I don't think it's fair to kind of say that dogs are smarter or, or cats are smarter I believe that they have different intelligences and different survival rates but most people like yourself Gary that have had the opportunity to be owned by a cat realize just how incredibly bright they are we have uh, yeah this one this we, we uh don't don't let her outside without a lead. Uh, when she wants to go outside, she goes to the door. She sits, waits until I put the collar on, open up the door, grab the lead, snap it. She doesn't move, say okay, and away she goes. Now, when you tell most people that, you know, when I started talking about walking cats on leashes and harness, they were ready to put me away. So when you tell your friends, neighbors, and relatives, hey, listen, I'm, I, can't, I can't talk right now. I'm taking my cat out for a walk. What do they think? <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't take her for a walk. We just tie her up and shut the door. Uh, let, and let her go outside. Yeah, see, my cats my and cats always let, walk in. Oh, yeah. We don't latch my, the door, so she, she, yeah, she, she wants to come in. She opens the door with her paw and... See, my cats, my cool. cats, when I first when I first came back from overseas and, and I rescued this cat and I'd walk him up and down the street on a leash and a harness and, and people would look <laughs> at me like I was crazy and they say, what is that? And I say, some red dog from Bavaria. <laughs> It looks like a cat, but it's a rare dog from Bavaria. Don't worry, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Anyway, I'm so glad you called, uh, Gary, because once again, my listeners try to make me feel a little normal, which is not easy. Ask my wife. Um, let me do this, Gary. Let me put you on hold. I want to send you some Lucy Pet Food for your cat. It's on its way to you, and I really appreciate that phone call. It's so true that, that people that have, and I know this sounds funny. It sounds like a joke, but I don't mean it to be. People that have had the opportunity to really get to understand their cat and spend time with their cat realize how smart they are the problem is so many people will get a cat and say oh that's a cat they just do what cats do but if you spend the same amount of time socializing them nothing drives me crazier than when you go to someone's home and they have a cat and as soon as people walk in the cat runs and hides because it's never had the opportunity to be social if you Take the time to socialize your cat. That's why How to Get Your Cat has still been a bestseller so many years. If you take the time to socialize your cat and expose your cat to different things and different people, they literally, literally become part of the family. 877-725-8255. Let me take a quick break. We'll try to get some more calls right after this. Lucy Pet Food, you hear me talk about it three, four times a day. Why? Because... 
what you feed your dog, what you feed your cat is so critical, not only to their physical well-being, but their mental well-being as well. You know, Lucy Pet Food is manufactured in their own plant, not too far away from where I live. I've been there several times. Take it from my heart to yours. The people that work there have the same passion for animals. In fact, Lucy Pet Food was named after the CEO, Joey Herrick, my good friend's dog, Lucy. That's how these people are. Many pet foods are manufactured in a, a big plant where they make this food and that food and they put different labels on it. As I said, Lucy Pet Food has their own plant. They have their own laboratory. They spent over a million and a half dollars so that at their laboratory they can test every ingredient as it comes in and every product as it goes out. That's just another reason why I feed Lucy Pet Food to my pets in half for the last six years. But here's a listener. This is what I they say. Lucy. I switched my dogs to the Lucy's Pet Formula several years ago. Both my puppy that I rescued five years ago. She's in the car next to me if you hear her whine. Oh, I can hear her. Okay. And my senior dog, both were on that and they love it. Um, I do the duck and quinoa Lucy pet formula. You know, I hear this every day from listeners all across the country and Canada saying, Warren, thank you for letting us know about Lucy Pet Food. Go to their website, LucyPetProducts.com, LucyPetProducts.com. Check out their cat food, check out their dog food, check out their treats, check out their dog food rolls. Spend just $35 and LucyPetProducts.com will ship it right to your door absolutely free. I'm Warren Eckstein. This is The Pet Show. And we are back on the pet show. I'm not going to have time to take another call, but let me give you some advice over here. I just came across an article that the ASPCA receives more than a quarter of a million cases of potential animal poisoning every year. Plants are the eighth most reported pet toxin. Seasonal plants, actually it accounts for 40%, seasonal plants such as mistletoe, holly, lilies, azaleas, evergreens, and poinsettias. Now, poinsettias has kind of always been a lot of controversy about are they really bad or not bad. Bottom line is you just stay away from them. That's all. You don't have to worry about it. They're all toxic to animals in certain, you know, to certain extents. Not all are serious, serious, but some are more than others. If you notice your pet eats any of those or gets into any of those, uh, they can cause nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and even cardiovascular issues. So the holiday season is really a great time. It's a fun time, but there are so many dangers around the house between things we put on the tree. For example, if you have water in your Christmas tree, a lot of people put aspirin in there. Aspirin could be very, very dangerous for a dog or a cat. So make sure you don't put aspirin in the water. They think it keeps the tree alive a lot more. Whether it does or not, it's way too dangerous for your pet. So you don't want to put any type of chemical, any type of aspirin in the uh, in the uh, area where the water is, is at the bottom of the reservoir at the Christmas tree. And in terms of, of breakable uh, balls and bulbs, make sure they're on top of the tree, nothing breakable on the bottom. Of course, you don't want to use any tinsel or anything like that at all. Uh, that's important as well. Uh, we are out of time, but I will be live next week. I'm not going anywhere. The day before Christmas Eve, I will be here broadcasting, giving some last-minute tips, taking your calls. So until then, you all know what to do by now. Give all your pets a big hug and a kiss for you. One between the ears for me. I'm Warren Eckstein, and thank you again for listening to The Pet Show.